Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. How we doing? Well, that's good. Wesley Euler with you here. It's hour number two of the Steelers Blitz on SNR. The tweets continuing to roll in. I will get to those before we get out of here. As always, that is my promise to you. We have still got plenty more to get to, though. We're going to do stranger stats here in just a moment. But the news of the day, the housekeeping of the day, the Steelers and the city of Pittsburgh have expressed interest in hosting the NFL Draft in the future. According to NFL spokesman Brian McCarthy, Pittsburgh could be chosen to host the NFL Draft in either 2026 or 2027. The league, uh, the decision could be made at the league meetings in May of 2024. Pittsburgh is one of several cities who have expressed interest to the NFL's Fan Engagement and Major Events Committee to host a draft. And there we go. Pretty, pretty, pretty cool. 2026 or 2027 could be the year. Burt Lawton, of course, the Steelers Director of Communications, said, and I quote, we have submitted our indication to the NFL office of the Steelers and the city's desire to host either the 2026 or 2027 NFL Draft in Pittsburgh. We believe our city will be an excellent host to showcase the great history that connects Western Pennsylvania to the early roots of professional football and the evolution of the game through the decades, end quote. Uh, it looks like the plan would include staging the event in the area along the North Shore near Stage AE outside of Ackershire Stadium there on North Shore Drive. Pittsburgh did previously host an NFL draft one other time. I remember it well. Back in 1947 when it was held at the Fort Pitt Hotel. Oh, yes, I was there with my pappy. I remember the great old Curly was the first overall draft pick in 1947. So pretty cool. Steelers looking to host a draft in 2026, 2027. Pretty cool because it would be awesome. I have had that in my work experience. I worded that very poorly, didn't I? I've done that a few times today. What's the matter with me? Uh, when I worked for the Philadelphia Eagles and lived in Philadelphia, was when the draft was in Philly. It was chaos. Let me repeat. It was chaos. But it was a lot of fun as well, too. Special couple days. And, yeah, it would be a very sh- cool showcase for the history of the Steelers, the history of Western Pennsylvania, the passion here in Pittsburgh, right? We know Pittsburgh is a city that's – pretty well located too to a lot of other NFL cities as well too so I think you'd get a lot of people that would travel here it'd be really cool to see obviously the large Steeler contingent 
but all the other fan bases that always make their way to the draft as well. And I'll say this. If Cleveland can host an NFL draft, we certainly can. And we'll do it better than they would. Stinking brands. So there's your news of the day. Pretty cool. Obviously, when we get to the offseason, when we get to those owner meetings in May, that will be something that we are all keeping an eye on. But now it is time for a little Stranger Stats. We got to talk Steelers. We got to talk Cardinals. And what better way to do so than to getting into some of the numbers with a little segment we call Stranger Stats. These two franchises met for the first time in 1933. It was the Pittsburgh Pirates, arg, edging out the Chicago Cardinals 14-13. Those versions of these franchise matched up five times before Pittsburgh changed their name to the Steelers. The Chicago Cardinals became the St. Louis Cardinals in 1960. In 1988, the Steelers took on the Phoenix Cardinals, which they were called at first. And since that Cardinals win, it has been the Steelers versus the Arizona Cardinals. Pittsburgh leads the all-time series 35-23-3, including, of course, that famous Super Bowl victory in Super Bowl 43, one of the more entertaining Super Bowls of all time, in my own humble opinion. Pittsburgh has a four-game winning streak against the Cardinals. They've won six of the last seven. Mike Tomlin, four and one against Arizona. And get this, the Cardinals haven't won in Pittsburgh since 1969. Stranger stats. The Cardinals are 0-6 this season on the road, having lost those games by a combined 80 points. The Steelers have a point differential of minus 23 for the year, but they are 4-2 and at home. Pittsburgh has won three of their last four and five of their last seven, while Arizona is on a two-game losing streak, and they have been outscored by 115 points so far this season. Only Carolina and the Giants are worse in point differential, and the average outcome of an Arizona game is the Cardinals losing by nine and a half points. Pittsburgh games are averaging a league low 32.8 combined points per game haven't necessarily been a ton of barn burners yet this season the cardinals opponents have scored 16 more touchdowns than arizona has on average the cardinals allow 42.6 more passing yards than they produce and arizona's opponents so far this season combined have run 49 more plays than the cardinals the steelers outrushed cincinnati last week 153 to 25 and had 199 more total yards overall. Now, Pittsburgh has been outgained, was outgained by 875 yards against their opponents in weeks 1 through 11. Only the Giants' offense producing fewer passing yards per game than the Cardinals and the Steelers, both dead last in the league. The Steelers, 31st. Well, I shouldn't say both dead last in the league. The Steelers, 31st in the league, averaging 196 passing yards per game. The Cardinals just on their heels at 195.8. Stranger stats. When the Steelers pass for over 200 yards this year, they are 5-0. 
Pittsburgh and San Francisco, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about how pretty much all the important defensive metrics you find the Steelers and the Niners at the top of those lists. Pittsburgh and San Francisco tops of the NFL with a plus 11 turnover differential. Arizona minus one on the season. The Steelers have taken the ball away 20 times from their opponents. The Cardinals have done so 14 times. The Steelers and the Bengals are tied for a league low in giveaways. That number is nine after they each had one last week. Arizona has turned it over 15 times. Only three teams have lost fewer fumbles than the Steelers. The Steelers are turning the ball over, though, at a league low, just 6.4% of their offensive drives. The Steelers and the Niners are the only two defenses currently in the top five in takeaways and as well in points allowed. A couple more here. For the season, both of these teams are near the bottom of the league in time of possession. The Steelers averaging 28 and a half minutes per game. Arizona, 27 minutes and 46 seconds. However, over the last three games, the Steelers are much better, averaging 32 minutes and seven seconds of possession time, while the Cardinals in that same ballpark, 27-23 over their last three. Pittsburgh, they held the ball for over 37 minutes in Cincinnati and ran 27 more plays than the Bengals. They also produced 22 first downs last week compared to just 10 for Cincinnati. The Steelers and the Cardinals offenses rank 23rd and 24th respectively in the league on third down conversions this year. But the Steelers defense is 14th best on third downs while Arizona's is dead last. The Cardinals allow third down conversions 47% of the time. That's the most in the National Football League. And over the last three weeks, it's been even worse. Arizona has allowed a conversion of 56.4% of the time on third downs. The Steelers defense is allowing just 32.6% of the time third down conversions over the last three weeks. The Steelers are 5-0 this season when they score first. Arizona is 0-6 this season when their opponent scores first. Fast start going to be important. Only the Commanders and the Jaguars have given up more second-half points per game than Arizona. And also not so good, over the last three games, the Cardinals are last in the NFL in points allowed in the first half of games. Maybe a good opportunity for the Steelers to start fast, but you also have to consider that only the Giants and the Patriots are scoring fewer first-half points than the Steelers this year. Pittsburgh averages just 6.8 points in the first 30 minutes of games. Pittsburgh is 5-0 this season against teams with a losing record. They are just one of six teams in the NFL, undefeated against such opponents. And last but certainly not least for you here, The Steelers have not allowed a running back to rush for 80 or more yards since week four. Let me go ahead and knock on wood real quick there. Week four was the last time the Steelers allowed a single running back to rush for 80 or more yards against them. Folks, those are your stranger stats here. Arizona edition. Week 13 edition as we get ready for them Cardinals. As always, the full gambit of stats and cheat sheets available. I go through Matt Williamson's work, okay? I take his work, I plagiarize it, and I pick out the best bits for Stranger Stats. 
But if you want the full gambit from our buddy Matt Williamson, more in-depth on the Steelers, more in-depth on the Cardinals, our guy Williamson kills it every week with his cheat sheet, with his stats that he does on Steelers.com. You can always get the full gambit there from Mr. Matt Williamson. The encyclopedia of football here in Pittsburgh, if I do say so myself. Annie tweets and says, I cannot adequately express in words how much I love your old Tommy voice. Ah, Annie, Shay, you got to have a couple cigars. You got to go down to the draft at the Fort Pitt Hotel. Tell them to draft Curly Monroe, linebacker out of Army, slash running back, slash quarterback, slash defensive back, slash assistant coach. He does it all. Heisman Trophy winner from Army. Old Curly. Make sure that's who the Steelers draft. I'm off the rails. You did it to me, Annie. It's your fault. Going to get to break here. More of your tweets on the other side. Want to uh, hear a little, discuss a little what Kenny Pickett had to say this week on the other side as well, too, after I think his best 60-minute performance in the National Football League. Plenty to come. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. It's Wesley Euler here with the Steelers Blitz on Steelers Nation Radio. I thought of a really good, you know, Annie tweeted there about when I do my old-timey voice, how it cracks her up. And I, you hate it. This happens sometimes as a radio host. You go to break and you're like, oh, crap. I, the joke was right there and I missed it. You know, it's really uh, fitting that this show is simulcast on an AM radio station as I am old curly here on 970 AM. That, that was the joke, Annie. There was, there was an AM radio joke in there. With my old-timey voice, old-timey radio, AM radio, I I totally messed that one up. I should have made it at the end of the last segment. I don't know anything about this internet radio stuff we got going on nowadays. I just know about 970 AM. That's where you can find Wesley Euler and Arthur Nathan Motes III from noon to 2 in your automobile or on your transistor radio. Div- I-, I don't know what happened there. I just threw some British in there, some Southern in there. Let's get back to business. And, of course, the business on a Thursday. We do always like to uh, play a couple minutes from Kenny Pickett here as well on Thursdays. That's an old tradition, right? We used to we used to play some Ben audio on Thursdays. Now we play some Kenny audio on Thursdays. And I was... Listen, I've told you guys this before. I always want to hear that. I don't care what team it is. I don't care what who the, the people are. I, I always want to hear what the head coaches have to say. I always want to hear what the quarterback has to say, right? But particularly for Kenny coming off one of his stronger performances in the National Football League. You know, you could argue Raiders game maybe better earlier this season because he threw two touchdowns and some of those things. But in terms of a 60-minute front-to-back, cover-to-cover, start-to-finish performance, I think that was the best we've seen from Kenny Pickett in his NFL career. And so, you know, he has had a tough couple weeks of facing the music of a struggling offense, of his own struggling performances, of dealing with an offensive coordinator being let go. 
Here's what Kenny had to say now, maybe on the other side, getting to catch up with the media and talk about some good things, a win over the Bengals, his progression, the offense's progression. Here's what the quarterback had to say yesterday. Kenny, after looking at the film, did it look better than even what it did on Yeah, you know, it felt good on, on Sunday. Um, obviously, we want more points, but after watching the tape and seeing how we executed in the pass game, the run game, how things kind of balanced off each other, um, you know, definitely um, liked our performance, but you want more points, obviously. Kenny, did things flow the way you wanted it to with Coach Falk and Coach Sully doing things in that procedure? Yeah, I think the flow was good. I thought the setup we had throughout the week was good and the game day um, operations with me and Coach Sully and then talking on the sideline amongst the other coaches was smooth. Um, obviously, it can get better, something we're going to continue to try and iron out, but I thought for our first time out, it was good. Was there anything noticeable that you could iron out? Um, yeah, personnel and stuff like that, just hearing him say it, you know, um, wristband numbers, kind of him repeating them, um, just things that we can, you know, iron out, small detail things to help, you know, getting out of the huddle faster. Kenny, what was your reaction to seeing Deontay's reaction on the Warren fumble, and what did you think about what he had to say to the team? Yeah, he talked to the team today. Um, you know, he addressed it. We moved on. We love Tay. You know, we know he's going to play hard, so um, it's all good. Yeah. You went right back to him after he had dropped that touchdown. That was, I think it was the next drive. He came right back to him. Is that something you try to do? Um, yes and no. I mean, Tay knows how confident I am in him and how you know the kind of playmaker he is. Um, you know what the defense tells me to do. That's where I take the football, and you know he was in the right spot. What kind of difference did you notice maybe in the flow of the game and how you guys were moving the ball? Um, the chunk plays were there. You know that was that was good. I thought we you know had some really good drives, um, working on some long fields. You know, when we got to the red zone, we just had a negative player, a penalty. We felt like that it kind of took us out um, of that rhythm, that really good rhythm that we were having. So, you know, if we get that fixed, um, you know, the points will follow. The issue of the three tight end package, uh, what, what did you like out of that? What does that open up for you? I like the, the versatility out of it. I don't think you're um, run heavy. You know, I think the, the things that we did off it were really good. Um, I love having Connor and Pat in there as well as Darnell. Um, you know, getting Darnell a touch in the, in the pass game was great um, out of our drop back stuff. So I think we're, we're pretty versatile in it. It, it keeps, uh, you know, defense honest. You can't say the prior move that he got tangled up outside of that three tight end package. Is that an example of the kind of matchup you can exploit? Yeah, you can You can find matchups, you know, size matchups, whatever it may be. Um, you know, that was one where I felt like, you know, he was one-on-one. -on -one. They ended up getting tangled up. Thought we were going to get a call. Um, you know, didn't get it, but definitely a shot that I like taking with Pat. Kenny, now that it's a more normal week, how is preparation different offensively? I mean, I, I don't want to say it's really not too much different, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I felt like even though we had a short week, technically last last week with the change and how things were, how crazy it was, I thought, um, you know, the plan that coaches had put together was really smooth for us. Um, so, we're, you know, we're just kind of building off of that. Coach Tom mentioned that uh, going into Cincy, you guys addressed some launch angles, changing some of the launch angles. Can you add some texture to that? What did you... What did you see on tape that you wanted to change, and how did you address it going into the Bengals game? Launch angles, like in the pocket, like moving the pocket, Sound, or yeah, it sounded like that. Was yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we, I think we moved the pocket before that, but um, continuing to do that and, and use my athleticism and get out of the pocket, um, you know, just another element to our offense. Were you Can line you up a little deeper to the shotgun? Were you stepping too back? I don't think so. No. No. Kenny, you're talking about producing more chunk plays. Is that something that's a result of game planning, or is the coverage you're seeing? Is that something that you think can carry over going forward? Uh, game plan, coverage. You know, having the having the, the right call, the right time, 
um, getting them in those coverages and you know the shots that we want versus those looks we had them, um, which was great. So I think you know it all works together. The protection was great. Guys were getting open. I was making the throws. Um, so you just want to continue having that great prep. It all starts during the week. Um, all the things that we you know had success on, we had you know meetings and clips that we pulled up prior. Like hey, this is the look. This is what we're going to do, and it worked out that way in the game. So um, huge credit to our, our guys' preparation and our coaches. Well, Build on that performance moving forward for this week. Absolutely, you know, you see the the, you know, the explosiveness there. You see the the consistency and the drives that we want. Um, there's a ton of positive takeaway from it. Um, great first week with Coach Silly calling the plays. So, um, just want to continue to stack. What is the next step? You'd like? What's impressed you most about working with Jalen Warren over the last two years? Um, probably consistency. You know, selflessness. Great teammate. Um, you know what you're getting with 30. He's a great guy, man. Love him on the team. Um, and a hell of a player. You see what he does with the ball in his hands. So uh, can't say enough great things about, about 30. Are there ever times that where you're surprised by his strength? I mean, like, he's a short guy. He's stacked. But some of the blocks that he can do, things like that, are there? No, he's, he's been doing it since I've been playing with him, honestly. It, it, it's unbelievable um, how aggressive he is. Um, he gets all those fines because of how aggressive he is. But it's just, I think, his stature that makes it look the way that I don't know how the fines work. I think it's ridiculous, but um, you know he's just an aggressive player and he goes and gets guys. So, so what is the next step you'd like to see out of this offense? Points, points. That's what we want. We want points. Um, yards are great, you know. Yards are great, but points wins you games. At what point did you bang up the ankle, and how was it now? Uh, just throughout the game, just something I have to manage. Um, you know, I've had something similar before, so you know, not too big of a deal. Kenny, have you heard from Matt since Sunday? Uh, talked to him after, not since Sunday. Talked to him after, but no, not since Sunday. Kenny Pickett. Speaking yesterday, two members of the assembled media, points, baby, points, 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 more points, and then hopefully even more points. Like I said, though, it's all a progression. It has been for this offense all season. And I think particularly when you're making a shuffle in the chain of command on the offensive side of things as well, too. Good starting point. You move the ball certainly better than you have all season, but now it's time to add the finish to that. I've made this joke before, right? Not this season. It's been a long time since I made this joke. I think it was, geez, maybe back when it was the Duck and Mason Rudolph days when I came up with this, but too often, and we saw it on Sunday, what the Steelers were is they were all Swedish, no finish. Get it? Sweden, Finland, Swedish, Finnish, finishing drives. They move the ball great between the 20s and then left plenty to be desired. And if you continue to progress, that's okay. Because as Moats laid out for us on Monday, I do think if you keep moving the football like that, you are going to score more points, just organically in a lot of ways. But they got to finish drives, without a doubt. 400 yards is great. The eyeball test of how the run game looked, how Kenny looked, how Pat Fryermuth looked was great. They came into the game, though, averaging 16.6 points per game. They scored 16 on Sunday. Points, 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 points. I love to hear that from Kenny. And the one olive branch that I extended to him, that I extended to this offense, is that they have played some really good defenses until last week. I know Cincinnati has some names on paper, but by every metric, again, that, that matters... Points per game, uh, possession down percentages, EPA. 
all the things that I think the, the key indicators for a defense, uh, the the Cincinnati defense scores poorly on those. So I know they've got some some big names. I know they've had a, a lot of guys that have had a lot of success in this league, but they're not a good defense this year. They're just not. Cleveland was, though. Green Bay is a, is a pretty solid defense. Tennessee, a pretty solid defense. Jacksonville, a pretty solid defense. Now it's going the other way, though. The Bengals were not. Arizona and New England are not. Continue to build, continue to progress. For this team, for the entire offense, certainly, and for Kenny Pickett as well. Kenny had the worst game of his career probably two weeks ago in Cleveland against a really good defense. Then followed it up with perhaps the best game, the finest game of his career, back in Ohio, this time in Cincinnati, against a not-so-good defense. You got a couple not-so-good defenses coming to Akershire Stadium in the next week here. One on Sunday, one a week from today on Thursday. Go continue to progress. Go continue to look like you did on Sunday, but finish those drives more often, put more points on the board, and then look out. We could really be cooking with gas. Our buddy Tyler tweets us and says, it used to be Ben's day, now is it Ken's day? That does roll off the tongue nicely, doesn't it? But I also, eh, Ben's day was just, it was Ben's thing for so long. Can we come up with something else? Maybe. Listen, how about this? It is Ken's day. But I ain't going to call it Ken's Day just yet, all right? Let's go win a playoff game this year. Then we'll start calling it Ken's Day, baby. We'll close with your tweets on the other side. Got plenty to get to here. Some good Steeler questions, some good goofy questions. We'll touch them all before we close this thing down. I'm Wesley Euler. You're listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Final segment of the day. I'm always getting hungry at this point before I can rush home and have some lunch. And we got to play a Taco Bell commercial coming right back out of break. I mean, what a bunch of jerks. The traffic department did that on purpose, didn't they? They said, ah, you know what's going to be funny? Wes will have... Ten minutes left in the show. He'll be nice and hungry. Why don't we toss a Taco Bell commercial in there at the end to really get him? Oh, you jerks. Let me get somebody else in here that I'm sure appreciates a good late night round of Taco Bell. None other than big Andy Reid because, folks, it's time to get to your tweets. Time's yours. Thank you. Big Red. Sensei tweets and says, hey, some of us listen every day. Why you got to repeat yourself like that? I'm kidding. Sensei, it's nice to know that uh, somebody other than you and my mother listens every single day. Sensei says, I really have to laugh at how media will ask players about the team, how they handle things internally, and they double down. That's for uh, that's for the players to say things like, that's for us, not you guys. Good for them. I say this all the time. I do not envy real report you know my my colleagues my my friends and and my brothers and my sisters in this business that I'm friends with that I respect that I like that I hang out with and we go on the road and all those different things the real reporters right the ones who actually do journalism they don't just gas bag behind a microphone like I do I feel for those people I would never want to be one of those people 
God bless Dale Lawley. God bless Mike Pursuta. God bless Brian Bacco, Chris Carter, Mike DeFabo, Jenna Harner, Joe Wexel, Jim Wexel, Joe Rudder. I just combined both those guys into the same person. Chris Adamski, Mark Cabali, Tim Benz. I mean, I, I, I'm friends with all those people that I just named. And I respect the heck out of all of them. But I could never do their job. <laughs> to have to go into the locker room and ask those questions that you know you're not going to get an answer to, but you have to ask them anyway because it's your job. Players don't like dealing with the media. And I don't blame the players. I wouldn't want to deal with the media either. Leave me alone. Quit asking me the same question. That's a real reporting job. That's a real journalism job. I'm fortunate enough that I get to sit here and be a goofball and I get to produce Max and Wolf and I get to laugh with Moats and I could never be a real reporter. In fact, you guys will laugh at this. I think I've told this story before, but it's probably been a while. I was a real reporter when I graduated college. I worked for a TV station in Clarksburg, West Virginia for about eight months. And I'm talking, I did sports on the weekends, but during the week I did real reporting. I would have to go and talk to health officials about certain decisions. I'd have to go and talk to government officials leading up to elections. I'd have to go and talk to parents whose kids had been kidnapped and tragic stuff like that. I did that for eight months, and I hated it. And every single day I was looking for jobs, trying to apply for jobs, trying to get out of there. And finally I got my my hockey job that got me into the sports world full-time in Ohio after doing that for about eight months. But I hated it because it's tough work. Being a real journalist and a real reporter is tough. I'd much rather just sit here and gas bag with Yin's guys and girls for a couple hours every single day. Much more enjoyable. And I find a lot less haters and people who dislike you. God bless those reporters, though, that do the dirty. They do the dirty work for me, you know? They go out and pick all the ingredients and get all the recipes, and then I just have to throw everything together here for a couple hours. Big Ron tweets, Does Joey Porter Jr. have a case for Rookie Defensive Player of the Year? He is putting up numbers similar to Sauce last year. Also, who has the best fast food burger? Ooh, Big Ron. Does that, so I I don't know if I really can, to me, to be be fast food, it has to have a drive-through window. So, like, I, five guys doesn't fall under the fast food category. I understand that five guys probably literally by classification is fast food. But to me, if we're talking best fast food something, it, it has to have a drive-thru window. So, with that being said, oh, man. Oh, man. I love a good McDonald's burger. I really do. I love the Big Mac. I think In-N-Out has really good burgers. Terrible fries, but really good burgers. <sighs> I might just go McDonald's, honestly. In terms of the ones that I can get regularly. But that's a tough question. Best fast food burger. This is going to be another one of those ones, Big Ron, that I'm going to be driving home in a few minutes, and I'll be like, oh, why didn't I say such and such? But if we're talking a place that has a window, and here's the thing, too. There's no in and out here in Pittsburgh where I live. If I'm talking something that I can get regularly here in Pittsburgh without getting out of my car, drive through window, I'm going to go Big Mac, cousin. Does Joey Porter Jr. have a case for 
Rookie Defensive Player of the Year. I think he has a case. But it, it it's going to be tough for him at this point. Uh, Jalen Carter's having a really strong season on a really good Eagles team. Devin Witherspoon is killing it for the Seahawks. Uh, Will Anderson Jr. is having a good year. You know what? Let me look at this real quick. I wonder what the odds are right now in Vegas. Okay, here we go. Uh, Vegas odds right now. Joey Porter Jr. is tied for fourth, actually. That's pretty darn good. Jalen Carter, the favorite. Devin Witherspoon, second. Will Anderson, third. Man, it's like they're reading my mind. And then JPJ is tied with Brian Branch for fourth. So he certainly does have a case. I think it's probably going to be Jalen Carter, if not him, Devin Witherspoon. But yeah, he absolutely has a case. Just keep stacking strong performances. While me and Big Ron eat Big Macs. Me tweets, Dr. Westman, solo show question. Number one, what's your opinion of the Star Wars movie Solo? Overrated, underrated, or properly rated? See, that's a good question. I feel like Rogue One gets all the love for the Star Wars spinoff movies, and Rogue One's great. I liked Solo, though. I feel like a lot of people didn't like Solo. I liked Solo. Maybe it's because of the Darth Maul cameo at the end. Oh, no, spoiler alert. Oh, no, spoiler alert. I just ruined it for everybody. Maybe because the Darth Maul cameo at the end. Maybe because I like Donald Glover and he's in it too. Slightly underrated is Solo. It ain't Rogue One, but it's a good movie. Number two from me, tuna melt sandwiches. Are they top five sandwiches of all time? Ooh. Okay, so now we're getting into another semantics thing, much like I just did with the, to me, in fast food debates, it has to be a place that has a drive through window. Like Chipotle ain't fast food. I know it's technically fast food probably, but they don't have a drive through window. Five Guys doesn't have a drive through window. Got to have a drive through window. Sandwiches is a difficult one, cousin, because like does a cheesesteak count as a sandwich? I would say yes, but some people might be more of the classic sandwiches. Oh, we're talking BLTs and turkey sandwiches and Italian hoagies. Do things like cheesesteaks count? Do a meatball sub count? Does a bacon, egg, and cheese count, cousin? I don't think top five for for a tuna melt, but I do like tuna melts. But if I'm just doing this no particular order off the top of my head, Turkey Club would be top five for me. Italian Sub would be top five for me. BLT would be top five for me. Bacon, egg, and cheese for sure. Ooh. Then I'd still probably go patty melt ahead of it. I'd still probably go Cubano ahead of it. I'd still just go a traditional fried chicken, spicy chicken, buffalo chicken sandwich ahead of it. Reuben ahead of it. Po' boy ahead of it. Man, I'm really racking the brain here, aren't I? French dip? It's top 10, me, but it's closer to 10 than it is to 5. How about that? Third and final question from me. Where's the weakness on the Steelers' offensive line? I know a lot of you are going to hear that, and you're going to go, Dan Moore Jr. It's consistency. Consistency is the weakness on the Steelers' offensive line. It's not any individual. It's not any certain position. Yes, I think they could get a little more from Dan Moore, but really it comes down to consistency most of the time. Yes, I think they could get a little bit more from Mason Cole, but it comes down to consistency with him as well, too. He has good games where he has games that he struggles. James Daniels. I mean, even Isaac Sayamalu struggled at the start of the season with a new team and everything before he really started to get going. Broderick Jones has looked good most of the time, but he's also had some performances that have had you scratching your head. Consistency. The offensive line can be 
I think the offensive line is average. I, you guys know I laugh about this. When people tweet and, and you know, say that the Steelers have the worst offensive line in football, like, I just chuckle. They've played four or five offensive lines already this year that are worse than theirs alone, and that's just the teams that the Steelers have played. They have an average offensive line. It's somewhere in the 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 range in the NFL. Average. They could get closer to 11, 12 on that list, though, maybe even 10, with just consistency across the board. I think they've been showing a little bit more of that, too, too lately. Let's keep it going. Again, against some defenses that I think can be had here at home in the next week. Steeler Nation 920, up in Wisconsin. Says, my best friend is a Niners fan. He calls me the jinx because I always tell him the Niners won't win a sixth Super Bowl until the Steelers win their seventh. Hey, now we're talking. Steelers were first to four. Steelers were first to six. Steelers better be first to seven. 920 says he agrees with my current best of the West power rankings. Question for you. If Manchester United called you tomorrow and offered you a job, would you leave us for England? Also, I need to know your favorite Steelers player that we ever lost in free agency. Uh, Joey Porter or Santonio Holmes would be the answer to that because they're two of my favorite Steelers ever, along with Troy Palomalu, and we didn't lose Troy Palomalu ever in free agency. So, yeah, so peasy. Or Tone would be my answer to the favorite Steeler that we ever lost in free agency. Uh, if Manchester United called me tomorrow and offered me a job, would I leave Yins for England? See, this is one of those questions. Now the answer is no. It would be very tempting. And I don't want to sound shallow, but you know what kind of what kind of money they offer me, cousin? Because hey, if they made me an offer, I couldn't refuse financially. But no, the answer is no. If you would have asked me that question ten years ago, the answer would have been hell yeah. If you would ask me that seven years ago, the answer would have been, when do I start my job? But I'm a little bit older now. I'm going to be 33 here in a couple months. I've got two daughters. I like being close to my family in general, but especially now that uh, that I have two daughters. You know, my parents and my sister live in the same area that we do. And then my my in-laws live four and a half hours away in Philadelphia, not terribly far away. I like being close to my family and my wife's family. I like the fact that our daughters can grow up around their family members, kind of like I did. I was fortunate to come from a big family. I'm close with all my cousins and my aunts and uncles. I want that for my girls. I did the travel. You know, I I did two years in Ohio. I did three years in Philadelphia after college. I kind of did my poking around to get back to Pittsburgh. Ten years ago, hell yeah. Seven years ago, where do I sign up? When do I leave? I'd love to go work for Manchester United and experience that culture in the English Premier League and all that for for a period of time. But I'm getting a little bit older now. I like being back home. I like being near our families. And you guys will laugh, but you know this is the truth. I also like living now where I'm 80, 90 minutes away from Morgantown and I can have WVU season tickets and go to the football games on Saturday. That means a lot to me too with all my friends and my family. So I'm thinking no, Tyler. I'm thinking no. You know, again, if they made me an offer, I couldn't refuse. If they said, hey, we're going to pay you a couple million dollars a year to come work in Manchester, heck yeah, I'd do it for a period of time. But right now, I'm very happy in life. I'm very content. I'm very blessed to be where I'm at professionally and with uh, with my family and our location and all these different things. I got a good work-life balance. My wife is happy. My kids are happy. We're close to our families. I'm good. I'm content. I really am. I did that rat race thing for, you know, for five, six years after college. 
always hunting down the next opportunity, willing to go wherever. I'm just kind of past that at this point. In fact, I haven't applied. For, I applied. I, I I applied for this job in summer of 2018. I haven't applied for a job. How long has that been? Over five years, five and a half years. Because I'm very content where I'm at, and I've had more opportunities here as well too. That is a good question, though. Just in theory, yes, I would love to go work for Manchester United for a couple years, experience England, experience that football culture and all those crazy psycho fans. Good point by KJK Steele here. Santonio Holmes was technically traded, didn't leave via free agency. But I think you understand the spirit of the thing. Porter and Tone, my favorite Steelers that I've had to watch leave the organization. How about that? Last one, uh, last one of the day, last word of the day goes to Russell West. Put this on file. We'll have an all-Pennsylvania Super Bowl, and the Steelers will upset the Eagles. Well, Russell, I hope so, cousin, because I would have bragging rights over my mother-in-law and my father-in-law and my in-laws for a long time. Ooh, buddy, that one would split the Euler household right down the middle. You tell Morgan I get the girls on my side. That'll do it for the show today. Had a lot of fun. Always do. Uh, but I've been digging these solo shows. We have a different vibe to them. They're a little more laid back. We get a lot of participation. We hear a little bit from some of the Steelers. It's a good vibe on these Thursdays. We'll be back, though, with the full gambit tomorrow. Mozi back on Friday. Brian Backo join us. Five Star Friday. Here we go song. Show me the money. All the different things that you expect. The fixins on a Friday as we will fully turn the page to those Arizona Cardinals and the challenge they present Sunday afternoon at Akershire Stadium. That'll do it for the show today. Take care now. Bye-bye then. Talk to the ends tomorrow. As always, you know where to find us. It's on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.